And joining the show is none other than the great Kyle Rudolph from the Minnesota Vikings. How you doing, Kyle? Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, Fred. Thanks for having me on. So how long you been a bourbon fan? Uh, you know, so I have a lot of family throughout Kentucky, um, Frankfurt, Lexington, uh, all the way up northern Kentucky. So kind of something that I grew up around. Uh, one of my best friends went to school down in Louisville, uh, played at Bellarmine, uh, and stayed in Louisville for the last 15 years. So uh, I feel like we were kind of entrenched in the bourbon world. Uh, and, and before recent years, when bourbon kind of came the trendy thing, it was what most of my family drank. Yeah, uh, that's uh, anybody who has a Kentucky connection, you know, they're going to become a bourbon fan. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So how are you holding up in this uh, this state of uh, isolation? Uh, I'm doing well. You know, uh, my family and I are getting used to this kind of new normal. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, obviously, the, the biggest transition was figuring out how, how to train at home, uh, making sure that I'm staying in shape. Uh, you know, we're not really sure when we'll go back at, in terms of our off season, but making sure that I find ways to, to burn off the bourbon or two that I have at night after a, a long day with three kids under four, um, making sure that I get up the next day and work out. Well, I, I, I know that, uh, bourbon can help with all those things, you know, so when do you, when do you normally sip? Are you like uh, right after dinner or during dinner? How do you sip? When do you sip your bourbon? Yeah, most of the time after dinner, um, you know, maybe even at times before dinner, uh, a lot of times I like to have a bourbon of sorts to kind of start the evening, you know, if we're going to go out and have cocktails or, um, you know, maybe even having like red wine or something with dinner. Uh, for me, it always starts, it starts with bourbon. Yeah. Well, I, from the looks of it, boy, you've got, you've amassed quite the collection back there. Yeah, like I said uh, before we came on, uh, most of them are, are gifts from people. Uh, I, I stole the grape crate idea from our good friend Noah McMahon, and uh, Noah showed me how to how to do that with the grape crates. And uh, it's it's been kind of cool. This is a different room. You know, we actually have a bar downstairs, um, but this is off of our main floor. And you know, when you come in from the kitchen, you just want to grab a quick cocktail. It's it's right here. Well, and you also got to hide the, you're going to learn this. You got to hide the good bourbon from, you know, from people who come over because yes. that Van Winkle you got there and that Weller, you know, before, before you know it, one drink is two and then it's three and then you don't have the bottle anymore. Exactly. I've learned that, you know, with, with your bourbon, if it's out, people have access to it and they're going to make sure that it gets opened. Uh, but I think that's one of the best parts about bourbon. You know, like I said, most of these bottles are, bottles that I got from gifts as gifts from people. And uh, there's nothing I like more than sharing it with friends and family, uh, neighbors, people that come by and, and we like to have a good time and open up good bottles of bourbon. And you brought up uh, Noah, I get, we have to tell the audience about this guy because he's one of the most philanthropic, just biggest heart people in the entire world. Noah's a great, great human being. He is. I mean, he's one of the nicest people and uh, you know, I got to know Noah, obviously, he shares an office with Athletes First, the agency that represents me. And uh, I've gotten to know Noah a little over 10 years ago. And uh, he never ceases to amaze me with his philanthropy and, you know, his big heartedness, uh, always wanting to give back. And, you know, he usually has really, really good bourbon sitting around. And it's a lot of fun to have a glass with him. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's uh, he's a special guy. And big thanks to him for connecting us. And, uh, you know, I, I sent you uh, five, uh, five whiskeys. They're not all bourbons. Uh, we actually I threw an Irish whiskey in there. I threw in a red breast 12-year-old. This is kind of like the really this is what I would consider the bourbon, the bourbon drinkers, Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is what Julian Van Winkle drinks. The, the guy who makes uh Pappy, you know, who blends Pappy. So yeah. this is what everybody in the, in the whiskey world, you know, kind of gravitates toward. They really, really like it. Um, and then uh, I sent you a vintage uh, four roses, 2014 single barrel. Very good. Uh, a barrel bourbon 15 year old now this one this one my best american whiskey for last year so this one uh oh boy it's good and then a doc swinson's 15 year old and weller foolproof i see you got a weller foolproof behind you there so you know you're familiar with this one i'll so, let you guess who gave me that bottle i bet it was noah yes <laughs> I, I i got one too and I, i've already drained mine it was it was really I noticed it's not open yet, though. It, it's not, and that's so we we got it after the season. And uh, again, like I said, I, I like to share my my better bottles. And uh, obviously, in season is when I have a lot of my family and friends here in town. And uh, you know, our thing is kind of going downstairs after a game on Sunday night and getting into some of this good stuff. So saving it for that. That's good. So you got you'll you'll share a dram with with the with the teammates after a game. Yeah, you know, whether it's teammates or, like I said, friends and family that are here in town, uh, they come up from Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky a lot for home games. And then, uh, you know, playing in the central time zone, most of the time we're done and home by 4.30, 5 o'clock, and it's uh, straight to the bourbon bar, you know, pour a glass over a rock and, and get gone for the night. Well, I'm ex- I'm excited to taste with you here. I told uh, I told Noah you're you've always been one of my favorite players as soon as you came in the league. Uh the tight end is like I think that's one of the most um it's it's the to me it's the position where you can feed you can build a team around in some ways and uh you can definitely see that the Vikings have done that with you. You you didn't get there. You got there in 2011, right? Correct. Yeah, 11 was my first year. Okay. So you didn't get did you you didn't get to play with Brett Favre then. I didn't. Brett's last year was 10. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, a, lot, a lot of good stories about Brett. I mean, just one of those guys that everyone in the locker room loved. Uh, our training staff, the strength coaches, just everyone in the organization had nothing but good things to say about Brett. You know, I, I became a Vikings fan when he went over there. He's just, he's just one of those guys that you just love to watch play because he left it all on the field. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes for the bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he definitely left it all out there, like you said. Uh, not always for the better, but uh, you know, you you got to take that and you got to appreciate it. But you guys have got a great team, got a good chemistry. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins is a I, I love him. I think he's a great quarterback. One of those guys that uh, very consistent. So yeah, thank you. And uh, definitely got the best tight end in the league. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so how about we go ahead and crack into that uh, red breast 12-year-old? All right. You got it. The lightest of the five, I noticed. Yeah. So um, so bourbon has to go into um, new charred oak barrels, and Irish whiskey does not. So the 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 newer a barrel is, the more – Color will be extracted from it. So mm-hmm. 
Irish whiskey is going into used um, used bourbon barrels, and and uh, they will have you know extracted, been worked pretty hard, had a lot of that you know the, a lot of those uh, wood sugars and the tannins you know mm-hmm. z- sucked out of it. So yeah, so this is uh, it is lighter, but it is twelve years old. So. Yeah. First thing we want to do is we kind of want to like swirl around a little bit, you know, get a, get a good swirl going. Then bring it to the nose. When you smell whiskey, it's really, really important to smell with your mouth open. By doing that, you're actually relaxing your olfactory and you can pick up more than just uh, the alcohol fumes. So you're able to, oh, here I get some, get some honey, some grapefruit. Mm-hmm. What are you picking up? Yeah, definitely. The honey is strong. Um, I don't know if it's just my sense of smell, but that's that's what I'm getting. Yeah, it's a, through the most. It's a strong honey note for sure. And so now, when we taste, you want to put a little bit on the tip of your palate and just kind of let it walk itself back. Now, don't don't shoot it. And you're a veteran. Mm-hmm. You're a veteran bourbon drinker, so I don't <laughs> have to worry about that with you. But someone- oh, so speaking of Noah, I have a great story. You know, we were out. In, in their office in California and uh, he had a lot of the rookies and this year's athletes first class to his office and we were hanging out having a bourbon and one of the rookies came in and had never had bourbon before poured him a glass I I want to say it was the 15 Willet so wow. <clears throat> unbelievable glass of bourbon you know we're and that's how Noah is he's he's always pouring the best for everybody and sharing his good stuff and this guy just takes it right down the hatch just shoots it <laughs> oh, well that's what happens well that guy uh well it's and the thing is is that if we don't teach people that you don't do that then it's gonna happen you know so I guess that's the that's the one gift I can give the world is is don't shoot great bourbon. <laughs> Leave the shooting for things like fireball. Absolutely. Oh man. That just sits on there and more of that honey note for me. That's yeah, really- even stronger. Yeah, absolutely. So this is um this is actually a pretty easy bottle to find. You should be able to get that in in um, in any of your liquor stores there in Minnesota. I think you guys got Total Wine. You have a Total. Yeah, there, there's a Total Wine up the street, and then the, uh, right downtown. We live in Wyzetta, Minnesota, and right downtown Wyzetta, there's a liquor store, and I'm pretty sure we have the all-time record for like uh, club points. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> we, we we've just saved them up for probably almost 10 years and like i said family and friends are always coming in town for home games and uh, they always go there and each time they go for a beer run or uh, get a couple bottles of bourbon they're like you know you can use these points and like oh we'll just save them so i think we have the record for the most points down in uh, the wyzetta spirit shop wow and there's a there's another it's a small liquor store uh it's owned by a uh, a friend of mine, a guy who gets uh, really good barrel picks. Uh, it's called Shorewood Liquors. Uh, yeah. You get a chance, check them out. That so what he does, kind of like Noah does, he gets he gets his own barrels, uh, and he's got some good ones. So that would be one. That'd be one. I'd yeah, be. well, def- Shorewood's not too far away. We'll have to go check him out. And the last time I was in um, Minnesota, I went to a um, 
I went to a distillery in the former Ham's Brewery. Gosh, I can't think of that. I might, I can't think of the name of it. Far North, maybe, but they were doing some I, stuff. I know what you're talking about, and some of the people. So we had a restaurant here in town that was actually Knob Creek's biggest buyer. Uh, they had sold the most Knob Creek out of their restaurant. It's a meat kind of pork chop, all kinds of stuff. So they're always selling Knob Creek with it. And, um, one of the guys there was telling me about that distillery out here. We just haven't had a chance to get out there. Yeah, I think I've eaten at that restaurant. I, yeah, yeah, Butcher in the Boar. Yeah, Butcher in the Boar. Yeah, it was great. Absolutely. I really like that place. Yeah, it's a cool vibe. Yeah. I mean, Minneapolis, I don't understand. I mean, to me, Minneapolis is as happening as like uh, L.A. or New York during mm-hmm. the summer. But then the damn winter hits, and it's like, <laughs> what the hell just happened? <laughs> where did all the people go? Yeah, where did the people go? And oh my God, it's freaking cold. Yes. Fortunately, you get to play in a dome. So yes, that is. We were outside for two years when they were building that new dome, and it was two years too many. <laughs> it gets so cold there. So cold. All right. So four roses. A little story behind this. Uh, this particular four roses. This fourth. The, the, they do these limited editions. They do these limited edition uh, small batch. And um, they came out in 2014 and said that they were discontinuing the limited edition single barrel. And this was, this was supposed to be like the last single barrel. So I went out and I bought like a case of it. Well, two years later, or three years later, they reinstated the damn thing. I was like, you know what? I would have, I didn't have to go and buy all those cases if you guys said you weren't going to, it wasn't going to be the last one. But um, it's good whiskey. It's good. Do you like? I don't see any four roses back there. Do you? Yeah, there's a bottle. Uh, you have one back there. Where did it go? Oh, oh, it's up top. I don't know if you over here. Oh, yeah, Just yeah. a small batch. Yeah, right by the Willet. I see it. Yeah, the small batch. Yeah, very nice. So, what makes four roses very, very unique is that they have five yeast strains, and it's an old style of. Um, it's an old method from their former spirit, uh, their former parent company called Seagram's. They used to have ten recipes that they would that they would throw into um, a, a batch before they before they bottled it. And they had this belief that by having ten recipes every single time going into one, that was their best way to keep it consistent. And as they were closing distilleries in the in the seventies and eighties, um, they would create new yeast strains to basically compensate for those distilleries being closed, basically losing one of the sources of those, of those 10 different flavors. So now Four Roses has five yeast strains. And this one, let me see if I can see what recipe this is. Uh, oh yeah, this is, the, uh, this is OESF. So this is, actually, this is actually one of my favorite yeast strains. So that's one of the, that's one of the fun things about Four Roses is that you can uh, you can trace it um, you can trace it by by yeast. One of the very few um, mm-hmm. spirits you can do something like that with. I just tasted this the other night for a for a show, and man, it is so good. Mm, that is good. 
it tastes completely different than the smell. Yeah. It's spicy. Yeah. Spicy. A big old cinnamon note there for me. Just ready to play along. It, it's funny. I was trying. I'm like, something hit me immediately. And as soon as you said cinnamon, I was sure is. That's exactly what that is. Yeah, it's a big old, <laughs> um, big old cinnamon note. And sometimes and I didn't get any cinnamon in the smell, <coughs> which is usually cinnamon is something pretty strong smelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That usually does come across. Now, what kind of a during the season do you do you eat all healthy or do you eat some pancake? I mean, how how do you eat? I, I guess that's. Uh, um, I would say fairly healthy, uh, but like anything, uh, if if you don't enjoy a bourbon or you know, whatever kind of food in moderation, you'll go crazy. You know, we go to training camp in the middle of July and ideally you're playing until February. So, uh, you know, that's almost eight months of just on it every day, regimented routine. So, you know, for me, whether it's, like I said, Sunday night after a game, uh, come back, hang out with the fellas, you know, maybe I have family and friends in town, you know, we're, we're ordering some pizza or, you know, stopping at a butcher in the boar, or there's so many good restaurants in, in the Twin Cities. Um, I think that's one of the things that I didn't realize until I got here and certainly has gotten that much better in the 10 years that we've lived here. There's so many good food spots. Uh, it seems like we're always stopping for dinner somewhere, you know, going out, having a few cocktails and then having dinner uh, on Sunday night. So Sunday night's kind of, you know, immediately following the game, kind of our night to relax, decompress a little bit. Yeah, do you get and you get Mondays off, right? Sometimes. So we're in on Mondays for like a recovery workout, uh, film study, and then Tuesday is actually our our players' day off. And if you're not doing something on Tuesday, you know you're you're probably falling behind. So to say players' day off is used very loosely. Uh, I don't really know a whole lot of guys that just take Tuesday off and go you know, from Monday to nothing on Tuesday and then back to practice on Wednesday. It's just the season's way too long and it's too much of a grind on your body to not be taking care of your body or doing something on a Tuesday. Yeah. Well, Tuesdays for me is usually rum night. So that's, uh, that's me. Taking, mm-hmm. That's me taking care of my body. There you go. <laughs> that's your day off from bourbon. <laughs> Tuesdays might be my day off from bourbon. It's uh rum night. Um, yeah, so I I think the reason why the reason why I asked that about like you know how healthy you eat because sometimes like what I have found are people that you know are like vegan or like have some kind of really strict regimental diet, you know they tend to like not pick up as much um, on the on the palate mm-hmm. you know, because their life is celery and lettuce and they don't know they don't know what a good uh, you know hamburger tastes like anymore. So yep. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, you obviously don't have that. You don't have that. No, thankfully, I I don't have to eat that clean. Uh, Like I said, I try to enjoy everything in moderation. Um, It's way too much for me to eat celery and salads and grilled chicken breast all day, every day. I mean, I looked at Tom Brady's, like, uh, I think everybody did, right? And and I just – I walked away from that as like, well, you're a better human than I could ever be. And I'm willing to shave off 10 years of my life if that's how I have to eat. So. <laughs> Absolutely. No, and that's you know, one of the things I always tell people, you know, whether it's training, working out, um, 
you know, I do most of that so I can do stuff like this and, and enjoy it. Obviously, it's my job. I have to work out. I have to train. But, you know, if you don't enjoy everything in moderation and, you know, if your life is just so regimented and there's never any enjoyment, I don't know how you could do that. Yeah, I know. And it's like, um, you know, I'm on the other side where my life is pretty much 100% partying you know sipping bourbon all the time mm -hmm. uh, and I'm trying to get back in, into the workout routine just in the damn gym closes and so you know the, the waistline is starting to come back a little bit you know <laughs> but uh, uh, so moderation is everything to this world it's everything it is 100% now I went ahead and poured the the barrel again to recap this is my this is my, uh, this was my American whiskey of the year last year. Um, and wait, was it last? No, two years ago, 2018. This was my American whiskey of 2018. And, um, you know, it's 15 years old. It is actually a blend of, I believe, Tennessee, Kentucky. Yeah, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Indiana. So what they do is they blend uh, bourbons from those respective states. And right off the bat, I get a big old, big old coconut note. Yeah, my, my sniffer is not as good as yours. <laughs> I, I, I seem to, when I taste it, I can pick up things a lot easier than on my nose. Have you ever broken your nose? Uh, yeah, one, this side. There's a little, little knot sticking out of that side. What, was that a football injury? Uh, basketball, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Anyone who's had like any kind of trauma to the nose, um, you know, can have some, some uh, issues, but what you might find to be helpful, go side to side. That's exactly what I just did. Yeah. If you go side to side, you know, you might find that uh, a breakthrough with one of the nostrils and, uh, and who knows, maybe, maybe with enough practice, you can, uh, you can cut through the, clog and start nosing again yeah so i definitely can smell better on this side because even though you know it's it it's like anything else it's uh you train it and you'll build yeah it. of course with your dedication you'll probably become like um you'll become like a taster here pretty soon with uh yeah, that's, i leave that to the experts like yourself i'll just hop on hop on the podcast every once in a while we can talk about some good stuff <laughs> i don't know i can see when you retire you you become like uh you know you become like a bourbon taster i like that for you hey there's there's worse things to do in retirement that's for sure yeah mm. man i loved this two years ago i think i love it even more now Oh man, Graham Cracker! Well, so I, I was just—they said there's something else in there besides the coconut. That's a, to me. I taste that more than obviously. I couldn't smell the coconut, but on the on the taste palate, it was it was stronger. Yeah, it just this is a really nice velvety. It's got it's got so much stuff in there. I really really enjoy this one. Yeah, that was delicious. So you. Uh, 
what do you do? So outside of like, all right, so let's take you outside of like Minneapolis um, football season, Burma, mm-hmm. all that. What what do you do for fun? What do you? Uh, well, in in the summertime here, it's obviously the the best time, as you stated earlier. It's it's gorgeous. The weather's beautiful. Um, you know, we're out on Lake Minnetonka, and we spend a ton of time on the lake. Uh, whether that's boating. Uh, people ask if I fish all the time. I enjoy fishing, but it's probably third on my list in terms of what I'm going to do in the summer. And it's golf first, then on the boat second, and then uh, not on the boat surfing or just hanging out would be fishing. And so I don't get to do my first two enough. It seems like summers go by so fast. Obviously, we lose the back half of July and August. So early June, early July, those are kind of my uh, hot spots of the summer, if you would, and try to get on the golf course as much as I can. Uh, and I'm not on the golf course, we're out on the boat, most of the time just hanging out, you know, occasionally we'll throw a surfboard in the water and, and wake surf a little bit. But most of the time, we're just hanging out. Okay, okay. So you're, you're a man who just really likes to hang out with his friends and family. More, that's yeah, like- absolutely. Uh, low key, you know, like I we've stated a couple of times how great the food scene is here in Minneapolis. Uh, we love going out to dinner. I think that's probably one of the things we've missed most in this whole quarantine is is being stuck at home. And yeah, we're able to go get carry out and try to do everything we can to support some of these local restaurants and small businesses. But um, we've got, been here for ten years, and we've gotten to know so many of mm-hmm. the chefs and the staff at these various restaurants and uh that's probably what i say we've missed most throughout this whole quarantine is is not being able to go out and have dinner and and see those people because in the off seasons when we have that time to do it more regularly and you're probably you're probably saying everyone in minneapolis is probably saying why the hell couldn't this quarantine come in the winter you know (laughs) literally two months earlier like started at the beginning of february instead of the beginning of april oh man well we're going to both get depressed thinking about that if we talk about it too much. <laughs> I'll just take another sip of that, uh, that barrel and we'll be all right. That's right. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Mm. All right. So this, this is a limited edition um, release in, in a few uh, select states. I think it's Washington, California. I don't, how these people decide to do their – you know, what states, uh, the whiskey goes in. I'm, I, I, I can't figure it out, but this is, um, this is a special, uh, brand that's exclusively being sold in total wine and, uh, um, a liquor store in California called KNL. So Doc Swenson's 15 year old, only 2,664 bottles. This is bottle 150. I like the purple. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. It's a, it is a cool label. That is cool. It's a real cool label. Yeah. You get, um, I guess you, you, you probably have a little bit more of affection for purple than, uh, than your regular person. Yeah. And it's funny. I, my high school that I went to and, you know, my dad went there, my brother went there. So I knew growing up, that's where I was going to go to high school was purple as well. So 
Uh, I've been in purple my whole life, so it's it's been an easy transition for me to to stay in purple. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so purple is your favorite color? Yes. Yeah. So again, when we were talking about that will at fifteen, that purple label, I was trying to get Noah. I'm like, come on, let me let me have it. <laughs> Pass it on over. Trying to think of any other brands that, that use purple. It's not a very common color in um, an American whiskey. Yeah. You usually see things like blue and green. Not a lot of orange. You don't see a lot of purple. Some red. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm going to be on a hunt for like purple labels now. So. There you go. Okay, so this this is like I'm going into a an, an a barn, and like you can smell like sawdust and uh, just kind of like a general barn smell without mm -hmm. without animal shit or something. <laughs> yeah, definitely the wood smell. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, it, it's 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 earthy. It's um, it's got some sweetness to it, but you know, it's it's good. It's not as it's it's kind of bad for it that it had to follow up the barrel fifteen year old because that one's <laughs> so good. I say it it was a, a little edgy of the. Well, I guess this is our fourth, so the four that we've tried so far, I definitely that one had a little kick to it. Yeah, this one it doesn't have that same, and it it is 118 proof. So from a pure uh, strength perspective, it is the the highest proof one of the bunch. Yeah, I I could taste it. That's for sure. Yeah, and that's not good. Like you don't want to be able to taste that, you know. So like just because something's um, barrel proof doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be um hot you know sometimes mm -hmm. those will actually come in and be you know very soft on the palate feel like velvet in some ways they won't sting you necessarily and right. uh, um but um and i've had 80 proof ones that felt like it was on fire you know it hurt like hell so now was, it was good but like i said that definitely had a had a little kick to it compared to the others now here's the one I think I'm, I'm most excited to see your opinion on this one because the Weller foolproof when it came out, it just, um, you know, people lost their damn minds. You know, this is, this is coming from Buffalo trace and Buffalo trace, anything they make, you know, I mean, they yeah. could, they could put shit in a tin can and call it Buffalo <laughs> trace and somebody would buy it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is their whiskey is damn good. You know, it is very good. <clears throat> Caramel City for me on the nose. Yeah, it, it's funny when you like when you give me a smell to like hunt for. You know, so far, pretty much all of them I found, you know, the the honey, the wood, um, 
coconut probably was the only one that I, I didn't really get. But, you know, when, when I smell it and then you tell me what the, you know, what I should be hunting for, it, it comes almost immediately. That's awesome. That's, you know, that could be a good way that we train the no your nose, you know, mm -hmm. just, uh, focus on a few particular notes. And then, and then when, you know, then you go back and smell, smell it later, see if you pick it up. And then when you do yeah. that, your brain's looking right. And so maybe, yeah. maybe you pick up something else while you're at it. Oh, that's tasting good. Yeah, that one's that's delicious. Wow. That is tasting real good. Of this tasting, I think that might be my favorite. And and I'm picking it over my <coughs> whiskey. Barrel. Yeah, from a couple of years ago. I I really enjoyed the barrel as well. You know, obviously the the foolproof is delicious, but all right. I'd say they're they're neck and neck. I just went back to barrel. I'm gonna change my mind. The barrel. It's, wow. Yeah. It's neck and neck. It is it yeah. is definitely a close close race for um for what's winning my palate on this tasting. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Now Let's say you bring a bottle. I, I, actually, I don't even know if you could do this. I don't know what the rules are. But let's say you bring, you bring that bottle of uh, Van Winkle into the locker room, mm -hmm. and, you, and you go off outside to, I don't know, greet somebody or something. How long before someone swipes it from your locker? Uh, probably not long. There, there are enough guys in there that that know their bourbon uh, and would see that bottle and and swipe it you know behind me on the other side i have a few that are still in the oh um, nice in their yeah the little bags yeah um so the 12 years out you know like i said the 12 year we can we can share the 12 uh, i have a 20 and a 23 on the other side that, that like you said if you leave them out people are going to drink them so uh try to try to keep them in the back corner and keep them hidden yeah well you got to protect them you know it's like it's like protecting your quarterback in some ways. Absolutely. Those are, those are your babies. For you saying, that, would, that would be the $86 million quarterback over there. <laughs> <laughs> Got to protect it. Uh, I love that reference. That's awesome. <laughs> so, man, it's really great tasting with you. And um, I know we'll, we'll probably do something again down the road. I know you're a, you've got a big heart. You, you, do, you do a lot for charity. Is there any... Is there anything you want to give a shout out to right now that uh, folks can go uh, check out? I would love to actually, you know, my, my wife and I uh, here in the twin cities started a meal plan at a food bank that we've done work at in the past called second harvest heartland. And um, in the past they've provided meals for food insecure families. Uh, you know, people oftentimes think about um, homeless and starving people going to a food bank, but what you don't really realize is, you know, sometimes families can only provide, you know, three meals, four meals a week, uh, and then they need a couple others. Uh, and obviously, this pandemic has exponentially increased the number of families that need a meal here and there. So we pledged 82,000 meals 
at Second Harvest. And, you know, we have a goal of raising almost 600,000 meals. And in just over two weeks, we've raised, I believe, $83,000. So, um, you know, I've told a lot of the people here in the Twin Cities and, and our market, um, the smallest of gift, you know, to some people doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, if you break it down, $25 can feed one person for a month. And, you know, I think when people hear that, they're, they're more likely to hop on and, and just give whatever they can. You know, obviously it's tough times right now for everyone. Um, but through that messaging, we've been able to, to get so much, some, so much support from everybody here in the Twin Cities, but all over the country as well. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you, you talk about this. We have a, we have a food bank here uh, called Dare to Care in Louisville. And I actually have uh, emceed the, um, uh, and, and served as the you know, curator of, um, of their main fundraiser every year. And I do a music festival that we, you know, we gave them a portion of uh, you know, ticket sales. And it was created uh, in Louisville in the 1960s when a kid, when a family, basically they had, you know, the mom and dad were both working and they couldn't really, they couldn't feed their kids. And a kid, uh, at like, I think he was seven years old. He weighed 15 pounds. He died, you know, and his sisters and the brothers were, were in the same shape. They lived. But it, like you said, people don't understand how, how many people are food insecure. And they don't understand. They, people want to say like, well, they can just go get a job and they can go you know, save money better and not do this and not do that. That That's actually not true. I mean, you have hardworking moms and dads who cannot provide for their family because of circumstances and the wages they earn. And, it, and that's why those food banks exist. Yep. And obviously with the circumstances now, um, their needs and their volume has been uh, just exponentially increased. You got so many kids that uh, meals come from school and obviously they're not in school right now. So uh, whether it's kids that aren't in school or families, mom and dad aren't working, aren't getting a paycheck. And, you know, those were already meals that were few and far between. It just puts that much stress and pressure on families. So uh, it was something that we wanted to do with a food bank that we had worked with in the past. Right on, man. That's awesome, man. Thank you for everything that you do, uh, you know, for your community and bringing awareness to that and, and also, I look forward to like this all being over and we can share a dram together and, and, and toast properly. So uh, I would love that. We're, we're in Louisville quite often. So uh, the next time I'm back in town, I'll, I'll have to hit you up and get together uh, for a good glass of bourbon. Well, with me, I, I just the, the, the caveat, you can't blame me for how you feel the next day. That's my only caveat. Everybody wants to get, you know, yell at me the next day when they go drinking bourbon with me, but I, I warn them. I warn them. That's, that's all right. I'll sign up for that. All right. We'll, we'll be good. Though. We'll be good. I promise. I'll take you out somewhere nice. We'll have some good bourbon. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank or everybody. Go check out Kyle. He's on the Instagram, the Twitters, the he's everywhere. And uh, if you're not a Vikings fan after this, I hope at least you're a Kyle Rudolph fan. So thanks again, Kyle. Thanks for coming on. Hey Fred. I appreciate you having me. It was really a pleasure. Until next time, my friend. Cheers. Cheers.